And we're joined on the line now by our market analyst. Thank you so much, Nadir Token. Good morning, Nadir, and happy 2016. Good morning, Sakina. Same to you and same to all your listeners. Nadir, let's talk about uh, the Saudi Arabian uh, budget released last week and why that is relevant to us. Yes, Sakina. So obviously, it's, uh, Saudi Arabia is the world's biggest oil producer. Um, you know, and depending, they have a very big influence on where oil prices go into the future. They're obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest component of, uh, of, of OPEC. And, uh, you know, although OPEC seems in complete disarray, um, you know, those are the, oil, the, the nation's largest oil producers and responsible for more than 70% of global oil production. So, um, you know, I think uh, given that oil prices have been taking a tumble in recent times. Um, you know, the, the, these countries' revenues have been coming under severe pressure. So obviously, um, you know, we've got to listen very closely to their budgets to sort of gain, gauge an idea of where they're going to be going with oil production moving into 2016 and what that will mean for oil prices globally. So, um, you know, we saw a Saudi Arabian budget, which was very, very sort of, uh, you know, um, contractionary and uh, a Saudi Arabian budget, which is very cautious of lower oil prices. So we t- see them uh, talking about of massive cuts in, 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 in fiscal spending. Um, you know, so we talk about uh, reductions in, in, in fuel subsidies. So fuel subsidies in Saudi Arabia could go up by as much as 50%. And uh, besides that, they're looking to cut government spending by about 25%. You know, this was after they ran uh, uh, an $89 billion um, budget deficit for 2015. And, uh, you know, obviously, given the extent to which they're spending money in, on, on the war, in Yemen and, uh, you know, their the, the policy of uh, keeping the oil market flooded with, uh, with crude oil and not cutting back on production, um, you know, has hurt their oil revenues quite substantially. You know, their oil revenues down by almost a third for 2015. So, you know, that's obviously a massive concern, uh, the oil, with oil revenues down to about just over 500 billion Saudi rials. But, uh, you know, the problem there is that they're spending a lot of money um, in, in 2015. You know, we know they had the social grants in January after the new king ascended to the throne. And, uh, you know, we know that uh, they, they're spending around $30 billion a month on the war in Yemen. And that seems to be going to continue into 2016, given that the region is um, more unstable than it, than it was at the be- when they began the war around nine months ago. And, uh, you know, we saw, in fact, an ending of the ceasefire in Yemen just, under, just a couple of days ago. So, you know, that war seems to be continuing, so the budget cuts need to be coming from other areas and, uh, you know, there seems to be no relenting in terms of keeping supply, uh, keeping the global oil market flooded. So, you know, I think we could see oil prices a bit lower for longer in terms of Saudi Arabia and uh, a lot of the OPEC nations trying to protect their market share. Um, you know, I think if Saudi Arabia has an interest in keeping oil prices lower, the other OPEC nations are certainly going to be right up there, you know, because their spending is not as expensive as, as the Saudi Arabian spending, you know, they don't have wars in Yemen and those sorts of things. So, you know, I think uh, we could see the oil market continue to be flooded for, for, for some time. Um, you know, you mentioned it, that there is a bit of tension flaring up in the Middle East, and on the mm-hmm. back of that, we're seeing marginally higher oil prices. But the bottom line is that they remain below $40 a barrel, you know, and as long as oil prices remain anchored at these levels, um, you know, it's going to be a very deflationary effect on, 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 on the global economy. Um, you know, and in conjunction with that, you know, we could see interest rates increasing at a slower pace 
globally than what we originally expected. And I think the person, the people who are going to be most relieved by that is going to be the emerging market central bank governors because they really fighting a very strong uh, stagflation environment, including Lesechek and Yahoo. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be very relieved that oil prices are probably falling faster than the rand, which means that uh, uh, inflation on the upside is going to be relatively well contained, although probably going to still peak outside the six percent, uh, 3 to 6% band. So, you know, very important where global oil prices are going. And for the time being, um, you know, until we see these nations cutting back on, 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 on supply and not ramping up supply to the extent they are, we're probably going to see oil prices remain relatively well anchored. Mm. And uh, of course, earlier I was reading uh, from one of the papers that unfortunately we may not see that sort of relief at the pumps, uh, but um, we'll leave that uh, for later. Stock pick ideas for 2016, Nadir? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, 2015 was really a year of the weak rand. You know, we saw the we saw the oil share index really go nowhere at around 2% up. But, uh, you know, it was a very divergent story when you look at underlying uh, stock performance. And it seems to be a boring story that's uh, it's been told over and over again for the last sort of, uh, you know, three to, three to four years with uh, resource stocks performing exceptionally poorly and, uh, you know, the rand hedge industrials continuing to, 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 to ramp up in terms of their performance. I mean, we saw NASPERS up uh, somewhere in the region of 45% for the year. Um, you know, we saw RAND hedges uh, up in general uh, quite nicely for the year. And, uh, you know, we saw uh, the SA Inc. in terms of construction uh, taking a hammering again. We saw resources taking a hammering. Um, you know, banks had a relatively okay year, but, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is that there was a lot of shine taken off them in December, um, you know, with the debacle we had in terms of the changing of the finance ministers. So, you know, if we look forward into, into 2016, um, you know, I think uh, the, the, at the end of the day, banks still offer relatively good value. And, uh, you know, the fact that they came under some significant pressure in December, um, you know, that, that, that puts them on a much more reasonable valuation, um, you know, as as long as we can have some policy certainty now and, uh, you know, and, 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 and we can, and well, the fact that interest rates are going up is in fact positive for the banks because we'll see some margin expansion on the back of that um, in terms of increased interest payments. And, uh, you know, all of them are, seem to will keep, uh, you know, bad loans relatively well anchored because they're so conservative in the way they extend credit. So, you know, I think uh, banks are, seem to be offering an interesting opportunity at the moment. Um, you know, there the, the doesn't seem to be any massive tailwinds for the for the rand to strengthen. Um, you know, so I think select rand hedges are going to be doing relatively well for this year. Um, you know, particularly Steinoff, I think trades at uh, a, a very reasonable multiple, um, given that it is a rand hedge and given that a significant amount of its uh, business comes from outside of South Africa. And then the healthcare sector is also in a very interesting space. We see MediClinic doing some interesting things. Um, you know, in, in, in the Middle East, where we know that uh, lifestyle diseases are going to become a massive problem into the future. Um, you know, we'll, it will be interesting to see how that plays out in terms of their earnings for the foreseeable future. And it's a stock which hasn't done all that well for 2015, given the extent of the run-up run up it had had before that. So I think there's some interesting selective opportunities.
opportunities in the Randhead stocks. Um, you know, obviously some of them are trading on very high multiples, and there's a lot of perfection price, uh, priced in in their current price. You know, so there's no room for error in terms of disappointing on on the earnings announcements. But I think there's select opportunity there. Um, you know, with the banks providing somewhat of an attractive underpin given the pressure that they came under in December and the attractive entry points you can now get in on them at. Well, Nadir, we're going to park it there for this morning. Thank you so much, Nadir Token, uh, with our first economics report for 2016 there, analyst at 274 Investment Managers.